Well, good morning. 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 Um, so I was trying to get this message together, and I have no idea why this book popped in my head while I was praying and waiting and on a message. But uh, how many of y'all ever heard of the book by Dr. Gary Chapman called Five Love Languages? A few, very few. Okay, so it's a book that's out there, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, I don't remember when he put it out there. But the book basically is for couples, but it kind of works for everybody also because you can kind of discover some things about yourself. But it's designed to bring couples together so that they can feed off of each other's what he calls love languages. And there's five love languages, I can't remember exactly what all of them are, but a couple of them is like words of affirmation, which means giving each other compliments or gift-giving, which is kind of obvious, or uh, acts of service, um, of course, doing things for each other. And when I thought about it, all three of those kind of fit God. Uh, those were the three that popped into my head. Think about the gift God gave us with salvation from Jesus Christ. Words of affirmation. How many times has God said, I love you to you, in different ways? Acts of service. He came down here to be one of us, to die for us, and to defeat death for us, right? So it got me wondering, what does God's love language look like, and how can I find that? And the first scripture that popped in my head was 1 Corinthians 13. And anybody who knows scripture automatically hears that, and the first thing they think of, hey, that's the love chapter, right? Because that's exactly what it is. It describes love for us. When you look at 1 John 4, verses 8 and 9, we learn that God is love. That, that piece of scripture sticks out so brightly to me as God is love. So when I look back at 1 Corinthians 13, I see a description of God when I read it. And so it says, If I speak human or angelic tongues, do not have love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I can stop right there on those three verses. How important love is. Is that no matter what you do in this world, no matter how good a life you live, if God is loved and if you don't have God, it's useless. There's so many people saying, oh, I can live a good life and get into heaven. That's not true. You have to have God. Or he counts it as nothing. That's true. He counts it as nothing. And then Paul goes on and he describes for us what love looks like. He says love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for the tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I become a man, put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. He says all that to say this. God loves you. God loves you so much he's going to be patient with you. See, this is God's love language. He's patient with you. How many opportunities has he given you to repent, to come to him? How many opportunities in this life has he given you to turn from sin, to accept him? He's kind. How many times have you come so close that it could all be over? He has made a way for you. I don't know how many times myself that I shouldn't be here. But because of me, how many times should Carissa not be here? <laughs> but God has made a way for us. I know I give her heart attacks like every other day. <laughs> kind of reckless that way sometimes. I know her brother's done that to her too. She begs him to stay off those motorcycles. <laughs> Especially the ones where he can become poof brothers. <laughs> we don't need no poof brothers. <laughs> but the point is, is God is kind. Because love is kind. It does not envy. God has nothing to envy, does he? He has nothing to envy. He's greater than everything. So love shouldn't envy. So if you're trying to love someone, you shouldn't envy what someone else has. You should love them, nonetheless. Because it's not boastful. So you don't go bragging about what you have either, right? God will tell you quickly that he is God, but that's not being boastful. That's just stating a fact. Be no more different than saying, hey, I'm rich. If I'm bragging about it to the point to where I'm putting somebody down, that's boastful. But if I'm just stating a fact, hey, I've got a lot of money. I don't, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but if you're stating an actual fact, that's not boastful. So don't get confused about between actual facts and boastfulness. Boastfulness is where you're hoarding that over somebody. God has never hoarded anything over us. He has given us the free will to choose or reject Him. Yes, He's God. Yes, we should fear Him. Yes, we should have reverence toward Him. But He has always given us the free choice to make that decision. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. 
not irritable. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. I think that's one of the greatest points of this. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Jesus died on the cross to wipe out the record of wrongs. If you accept his salvation. Jesus died to wipe out that record of wrongs. If you accept his salvation. And then he bears it for you. He believes all things for you. He hopes all things for you. He endures all things. He gets a little part, finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. See, that's the hard part. A lot of people think, oh, you don't love me because you're mean to me. No, I'm telling you the truth. Love tells you the truth because sometimes love hurts. Love hurts. It just does sometimes. Love can cause you pain. Love can tear you apart if you're not careful. Because love hurts. Because love will not lie to you. I've heard an atheist, a professed atheist, say if Christians truly love people the way they say they do, why are they not preaching more? He said, honestly, think about it. If you believe and with your whole heart that there is heaven and there is hell and you can offer a choice to people and you're not doing it, how much hate are you really filled with? And he said, that's the problem he has with Christians is there's too many of us being quiet. To have an atheist say he wants us to be louder, Because he says that if you truly believe in hell and that people can go there, then you need to truly believe that you need to offer the way out as much as possible if you really love people. Even if it hurts. Even if it hurts. Tell the people the truth. Jesus is real. Jesus exists. Jesus died for our sins and he made a way for us to get to heaven to not have to endure the hell that was designed for the devil and his angels the hell that so many people choose by rejecting God and that's really what it is it's a choice God doesn't send anybody there without them already have chosen we have the choice that's God's love language. He has put out there so much that He is willing to honor our choices. Him or hell. That's the only two choices you have. Now think about yourselves for a second. When we turn to Matthew chapter 12 and we can see what Jesus said about trees fruit. How does tree and fruit tie into a love language? Because the fruit that grows on the tree, the things that you show the world, tell people what kind of tree it is. See, Jesus said, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, 
or make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. That's in verse 33 of chapter 12 of Matthew. Then he calls the Pharisees a name, brood of vipers. He calls them snakes, people. He says, there's no better than snakes right here. He says, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. The way we are treating each other matters. It's our fruit. If we truly have Jesus in our heart, then we have good in our heart, and we should let that good spill out. That good is going to be truthful. It's going to be righteous going to be everything you saw described in 1 Corinthians 13 because that, that good comes from God's love language. That good comes from what God has designed to be perfection in Christ. We aren't perfect. Paul even said in another piece of scripture, I can't remember the exact scripture right now, but no one is good except him. Jesus said, no one is good without the Father. And here he says, good people produce good things. Well, the only good person there has ever been is Jesus. So if you're going to be a good person in this world, you need Jesus for good things to come out of you. Without Jesus, everybody is bad. Without Jesus, you're nothing. You make a loud noise. You're creaking over a rusty gate. All the things in those first three verses, right? First Corinthians 13. See, God's love language is love. It is. It truly is. And the only thing he's asking is that we accept his son's salvation. And his son be our representative and the only court that's ever going to matter. When we face judgment, will Jesus say, this one's mine or get away from me? And he already said that we'll be judged by what comes out of our mouth. So how are you talking about people today? How are you treating people today? How are you acting toward people or gossiping about people? The only time you should be gossiping about people is to tell others about what they've done that's good. Did you hear so-and-so got saved? Praise God. That's a good thing to gossip about, isn't it? Rather than, I can't believe what he said, or I can't believe what she did. 
what does that tell the worldly people who might be listening? You never know who's listening to your conversations. I seen a uh, snippet of an interview with uh, oh, who's the author of Case for Christ? Lee Strobel. Somebody did an interview with Lee Strobel. If you don't know his story, he was an adult investigative reporter who was a devout atheist. Absolutely didn't believe in God. So he decided to be an investigative reporter and look for contemporary sources from the time of Jesus' supposed life according to him. And what he discovered was the reality of Jesus. He discovered contemporary sources who validated the claims made in the Bible and everything he found in the Bible he found external sources for to validate it. He became a Christian and now he's one of the biggest spokespersons for Christianity in the world. It's actually a really great book called Case for Christ. He said he one Easter after he got saved. He's getting ready to go to the Easter service at his church. And he left the office and was going home. And uh, he said something just told him to go back and ask this other reporter that was in there who he knew was also an atheist to join him. And he's like, that's crazy. I know this guy won't go. He, he's just going to argue with me. The little voice told him go anyway. So he went anyway. And he went and he talked to that guy. That guy's like, why are you bothering asking me? I'm not going. And he left and he got to thinking to himself, oh, that was a waste of time. Then it was years later. This man come up to him at a church service where he was preaching. Imagine going from atheist to preacher in your adult life. But he did. So he was preaching church service and he got done. And this man came up to him and he said, I just want to tell you thank you. He said, for what? He said, I got saved so many years ago on Easter. Because I was cleaning an office at the building where you work. And I heard you inviting one of your co-workers to church. And I was in a place where I knew I needed something and I didn't know what I needed. That I said I'm going to go to that service. If he's willing to come in and invite this known atheist to church, I'm going to go to that service and see what this is about. He said, I got saved that weekend. And he said, I wanted to thank you for inviting that man and letting me hear. And Lee Strobel said that you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. So always let your fruit come out from the goodness that Jesus Christ has given you. You let the love of God overflow in your life. And you make sure that God's love language is the language that you're sharing. You'll never know who's around you that might be listening that will hear what love really is that will hear truth. And even if it hurts them just a little bit, they'll find Jesus. They'll find Jesus.
question is, are you in tune with God's love language? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Are you showing fruit that shows the goodness of God? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you've given us. Thank you for this message that you've given us. And help us to recognize that good fruit that you've put in us so that we can show that to other people. That we can share your love and compassion with other people. That we can share your truth with other people so that they can see you the way you meant to be seen. And we can quit trying to paint pretty pictures of, of fake kindness. Quit trying to spare people's feelings from the truth, but rather honor them enough and love them enough to share that truth with them <coughs> and then help them through that truth. Or so many times I see people who have no problem trying to break someone down, Lord, and I ask that you keep that attitude out of our minds but rather we share the truth so that we can build them up and bring them to you so that they can honor you. Give us the patience and the kindness and all the other descriptions that are in, in your word so that we can show what love really, really is throughout the world. I ask that if anybody is wanting honor you and to ask you into their heart that they do that. That they are willing to give in to you. To break for you. So that you can rebuild them. So that you can shine through them and show the goodness of your mercy. I ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.